allow young people to come forth and prepare them to come and represent the youth department on these days. Amen? All right, our scripture today is still coming from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, New Living Translation. The Bible says God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. Somebody say you can't take credit for it. He says it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Amen? Amen. So we got nothing to brag about when it comes to salvation. Amen. Amen. We can't get prideful when it comes to salvation. We can't go and talk about what we have done when it comes to salvation. Because we didn't do... Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You didn't do nothing. In fact, we messed it up. But this is going to be our, our second sermon in this series that we've entitled Amazing Grace. Somebody say Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Now, I said last week that the Bible uh, used grace in various ways. There's various shades of meaning. And I want to make it clear that you understood the shade that I was talking about. So I said we're not talking about grace as a, a simple elegance or refinement of movement, you know, as in a dancer or a gymnast. We're not talking about grace as being courteous or polite. You know, it's our speech, seasoning our word with grace and with salt. And we're not talking about, you know, grace that we get from creditors. You know, and I told you, you still owe them, but they just give you 30 days in between payments. And they call that period of time grace. You know, and some of us need that grace every now and then, amen? But we got to get to the point where we don't owe nobody. That's the end game, Amen. And it takes some time to get there, but that's what we ought to want to get there. We don't need that type of grace anymore because the Lord done blessed us to be able to pay for the stuff that we have. Amen? Amen. And we're not talking about grace as a, a, a short prayer of thanks uh, before me, a meal. So the meaning that I want you to uh, focus in on today, as last week, is the love and kindness shown to someone who does not deserve it, especially the forgiveness of sin. And that's the kind of love that God showed us and the kindness that he showed us. And that's why we consider grace to be the free and unmerited favor of God that is manifested in the salvation of sinners. Somebody say sinners. 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 And God wants to manifest that grace through Jesus Christ, but at the same time, he wants to bless us when we accept his plan of salvation. So grace is a gift of God that is expressed in his action of loving kindness, mercy, salvation to lost people. In other words, God did this for people who were not even on his side. Amen. God showed grace to people who were fighting against him. And God manifested this grace in Jesus when he made it possible for him to forgive us of our sins and gather us into his family. We said last week, John 1.17 says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth comes through who? Jesus Christ. Amen. So today we're going to pick up in Romans chapter 4 real quick. Romans chapter 4. Here we see the apostle Paul uses Abraham, invite him into this conversation, uh, who is considered, you know, the Jews considered Abraham to be the father of the faith. 
And Paul used him to show us that faith was a key component in our, in our relationship with God even before the law existed. And because of Abraham's faith, God extended grace to him without him having to perform any works of righteousness to earn it. So therefore, when God extends grace to us, his undeserved favor toward us, we should receive it with joy. Somebody say joy. We should receive it with joy. Somebody say joy again. Joy. See, we're going to take a joy break here in a minute when we get there, but you've got to receive this with joy because your records have been cleared of all sin. That's supposed to bring us joy. When you just think about it, your record has been cleared of all and because of that the Bible says you're supposed to have so y'all start working on your joy here until I get there because all y'all records have been so I'm expecting to see a little bit of however you define joy maybe you just see yourself as winning the lottery and I know you know if you saw yourself as doing that if that number came in you will redefine joy. But your life has been saved from all your sin. And I want you to redefine. Y'all getting your joy ready? Okay, this is going to be a demonstration today. Amen. Frank can get back up here on the keyboard just in case some of them need some help. I'm serious. Because we're going to take a joy break. And see, some of y'all act like you can't get no joy unless you got some music. So I'm going to help you today. So whatever the Lord leads Frank to do, we get this joy break. Because we're going to take a joy break, Charlie. You might as well just catch that biggest fish you ever caught in your life right now and let us see how you're going to act. Because we come to show some joy. Let me move on. Look at this. In verse 1, he says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the father of the Jewish nation. What did he discover? What did he discover about being made right with God? Okay, he's going to tell us. He says, if his good deeds, works, had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that's not God's way. Somebody said that's not God's way. God is not going to let you boast about something that you didn't do. God, that, that's not God's way. So if you're going to boast about your salvation, that's not God's Because you had nothing to do with your salvation. All you had to do was just come to the table and believe in what somebody else did for you. Somebody said, that's not God's way. So when you hear somebody talking about all the stuff they're doing and have done, you need to just tell them, that's not God's. Verse 3 says, for the scripture tells us, Abraham believed and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now look at this. He's going to use some em employment illustrations here to make it plain to us. Because most of us still work, right? And when you put in your time, you don't expect the person that you work for Come and say, here's your gift. 
your attitude is going to be like, look, doc, there ain't no gift. I earned that. I worked for that thing. So therefore, he's going to use this to show us that what we got, we did not work for. Look what he said. He says, for the scripture tell us, Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness because of his faith. Now look, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something that they have. So Pee Wee, every time you on Friday evening, when you go and give those guys their check, you ain't got to stand there and talk about, y'all ought to be grateful. No. 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 We work for this. It was 105 degrees. And we was out here pulling mud for this. We earn this. Now look at this. He said, but I said, but people are counted as righteous not because of their works, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Somebody say sinners. Look at it. He said, David understood this. David also spoke about this when he described the happiness. Somebody say happiness. We get to the joy part now. Y'all slow down. We get into the joy part now. I'm warming y'all up. We get to the so y'all get your best joy ready. Because David said he described this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteousness without working for. David said, "Man, when we figured out that we have been declared righteous." And we didn't have to put in 40 plus overtime to get it. Pee Wee, that'll be like you giving them guys a bonus check and they didn't do nothing this week. They just sit at home and drink lattes all day. And on Friday, you walked up to them and said, y'all didn't do nothing for this, but I just want to lay this stack on you. I'm believing them guys going to have some joy. I just believe, I just would believe. Adrian, I think if Pastor Bolden was that generous, I just said, Adrian, stay at home next week and strive and just going to lay a stack on you on Friday. I believe we'll get a little holy. So now, he said that happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. You got a benefit that you didn't have to work for. He said, look at this. Oh, what joy. Somebody say joy. joy. That word is. Somebody shout joy. joy. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, joy. whose sins are put out of good God Almighty. Can't nobody even see what you used to do. You know what you used to do, but can't nobody even. And then he said, and yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has. I feel some joy coming on right now, Franklin, because I know somebody in here have been cleared. Y'all better hear me today. We ain't going nowhere. So you acknowledge <laughs> that you have been cleared of sin because the Bible say that you're supposed to have joy 
everybody get on your feet right now. This is just an impromptu moment, a moment in time, a Kairos moment in time for you going to tell God, I thank you for forgiving me of my sins and wiping my record clean. I didn't have to do nothing for it. Jesus did all the work. And God, I am joyful. I am grateful. I am thankful for all. All that you've done. Nobody can express your joy but you. And however you know God and what God has done for you, you have to express that because David said there got to be some joy on the inside of you. I know all of y'all are not as hyped up and as emotional as some of us, but look here, every now and then your joy, maybe you just want to cry. Maybe there's a tear running down your face right now because you realize, you realize, you realize what your record looked like. You realize what you were before grace. You realize what the Lord pulled you out of. You just realize that we were all standing in the need of some grace. Amen. We was all standing in need of some grace. And because of that, you know the legal term, they say your record's been expunged. You know, every now and then when you win, the case, they don't always expunge what went on. You know, if they don't expunge your record, that means somebody else can go back and read your record. But when the courts say they expunge your record, Cliff, that means when someone go look for it, they can no longer find it because it's no longer there. And I'm telling you, your sins are no longer there. God has expunged your record. And for that, we owe him some joy. For that, we owe him some thanks. For that, we owe him some appreciation. For that, we owe him some gratitude. We didn't deserve it, but God did it. And we ought to be thankful. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say, it don't take all that. You just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. See, it don't take all that for nobody whose record was this thin, but for somebody who had a whole lot of... It take all this and some. Amen. We give thanks to God for not letting us die in our sin. Hallelujah. 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 I just thought I'd do that today. You know, that wasn't in my notes, but I saw that word joy when I was back there reading this morning and say, look, we can just take a joy break. Every now and then, we ought to just take a joy break. Just think about how good God is and just take a joy break. You know, blow your supervisor's mind one day. Just go to work and just, just take a joy break. You know, while you're sitting at your desk, just take a... While you're out on the, in the field, just take a... Y'all may be seated. You may be seated. Let me move on, lest I keep you too long. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Since Jesus was the manifestation of God's grace, again... God demonstrated his loving kindness toward us as sinners when he sacrificed his only begotten son for our sins. And when we accepted by faith the sacrifice that was made for us, it brought us to this place of privilege, and that place is grace. 
So when we stand in grace, we stand in a place of privilege. Everybody don't get that privilege. But when they accept Jesus, everybody get the privilege to stand before the throne of grace. He says, look at this, verse 1 and 2. He says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, look what comes with that. We have peace with God. Somebody say peace. peace. See, right now, there should be no argument and fussing and fighting between you and God. Amen. 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 Your fighting against God days are over. When you accepted Jesus Christ, God made peace with you. He's not mad at you anymore. You shouldn't be mad at him. Even though you know he know all about you, he wiped your records clean. Say, hey, look, I want peace with Cliff. I want peace with Brother JP. I don't want to fight him anymore because he's accepted my son. So I want to make peace because I gave a peace offering for him. So if you're not operating in peace with God, something is wrong with your relationship with him. Because he's saying as a result of what he has done for you, you ought to be at you ought to be able to live your life and your conscience ought to be all right with you because you and God are at. I'm talking about that peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, peace with God and that internal peace that you get from God. Not just the thing about I'm not fighting him anymore, but look here, I'm fighting battles, but still I got. See, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And look at this. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place. Somebody say this place. This place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. You standing in a place called grace. And it's a place that you don't deserve to be able to. Good God of mine. You know, ain't nothing like being able to stand in a place where somebody think you don't. You don't deserve to be here. You don't have a right. You know, it's almost like someone invites you to a banquet and you the last person to get there, the lowest one on the totem pole, and they just say, come on up front. I want you to sit here at the head. And someone will look at that clip and say, you don't deserve. But this is undeserved privilege. Not deserve privilege. I didn't work for this. The guy who called the banquet invited me up here, so I didn't deserve it, but he saw fit for me to have a seat up here, so I'm going to sit in this place of under. Undeserved privilege where we now stand. And look, at see, y'all don't get this. He didn't say he just standing there, Cliff. He says he confidently. Amen. See, every now and then you just got to have some confidence and know where you stand. I mean, it's, it's, you know, when I used to coach football, it was easy dealing with confident players. Players who just knew. I belong at linebacker. I belong at safety. I belong at quiet. Confident. I'm the best thing you got on this team for that position. And he's saying, look, when it comes to your place and where you stand before God, you ought to be. 
You shouldn't be standing there doubting and wondering and trying to figure it out. No, I'm confident where I stand with God right now. And I stand in a place of privilege, undeserved privilege. So some of y'all got to get your confidence up. I mean, you know, faith comes in degrees, it looks like. Jesus talked about no faith, little faith, weak faith, great faith. You just got to get your confidence up. You got to work your way up to great. It's time out for old year of little. It's time for you to get your... Amen. I mean, you've been operating in little faith too long. You've been put in a place of privilege. Undeserved privilege. So you need to get your... You need to get your confidence and your faith up. And look at this. God, I'm not going to take another jaw break because some of y'all almost killed my jaw because I was looking at you. You know, y'all wasn't ready to get with it. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take some of y'all, you know. I don't know what it's going to take some of y'all to get with the Lord. I mean, it's really, I, I know, I know y'all have not been conditioned to praise like that in here. But every now and then you ought to just lose yourself for a moment. I know. I know it's part of my fault. You know, we, don't, we are not conditioned to praise like this. So every now and then when these moments show up, we just got to break some of the stuff down that you're just not used to doing and just say, hey. It's time to just show a little joy. It's time to just let yourself go for a moment. And it's time to have that confidence. Look at this, man. He said, we confidently and, what's that next word? Say it like y'all understand what you say. Somebody shout joyfully. Y'all just can't run from joy today, Finley. I thought, I, I didn't know that was going to pop back off the page at me like that. I thought I was going to just rewrite over. But the Lord wanted me to stop right there for somebody who did not take advantage of the first joy break. So now we're going to take another joy break. We're going to do an encore, a little bit more joy. Amen. Give God some praise right about now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grace. Hallelujah! You confidently and joyfully look forward to God's glory coming. You joyfully and confidently expect Jesus to come back. So you got joy. You have an expectation that one day your Savior is coming back. Grace is going to reappear. Hallelujah! Grace is going to reappear. Hallelujah. 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 So we're just practicing now because one day it's going to be a requirement for you to have joy. It's going to be a requirement for you to joy. Ciao. Is anybody looking forward? Does anybody have an expectation? Is anybody believing? that God is going to do something in the future for them. Are you believing today? Hallelujah. Do you have confidence to stand on this Bible and believe it even when times look tough in your life? The Bible says we joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Oh, good God. Y'all may be seated. Y'all may be seated. 
the writer of Hebrews wanted us to know, Cliff, when we get to this place of undeserved privilege, we don't just have a regular high priest that we got sitting on the throne interceding. We have a great high priest who is greater than all the other high priests that preceded him. Any high priest in the Levitical system is not greater than your high priest. And because of the work that your high priest has done, that place of privilege that we've been talking about, he said you can come boldly to it. <laughs> you know, see, some of y'all act like you're scared to go before God. But the high priest is saying, now that I have done my work, you can come. Your record is clean. I've done it for you. You didn't have to earn this. You got a privilege. Now you need to come. It's time out for you tippy-toeing into God's presence. You got to come. Yes, he sits on the throne, but that throne is called. Let me read this, man, so I can get out of the way. Look at this. Y'all in Hebrews chapter 4, he says, So then, since we have a great high priest, somebody say a great high priest, a comparative study going on here between the Levitical high priest and Jesus. They were limited. They have to go in and give sacrifices for themselves. And they could only do it once a year. And he was the only person that could go in there was the high priest. Everybody else had to stay outside of the holies of holies. So now look here, you got a better deal. You don't need Bolden to go in with a rope around his ankle just in case Bolden's sins have got him jacked up and all of a sudden, God knock him dead right down the spot, Finley. Now your prayers don't get through. Because Bolden went in full of sin and bam, dead. Now y'all got to pull him out. And your, your sin now got to wait a whole nother till y'all get a new. <laughs> so look at this, what he said. He said, so then, since we have a great high priest who has in it heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Don't give up on Jesus, man. That's why I told you, you got to up your faith level. You got to hold on to your faith in the midst of all the trials, in the midst of all the troubles, in the midst of all the struggles that come in your life. You got to hold firmly to what you believe. In order to hold firmly to what you believe, you got to know what you believe. You can't come here from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday and the Wednesday to whatever and not know what you believe. You got to know what you believe. And that belief system got to be deep down in your heart. And it can't be because someone imparated something to you. You got to embrace this thing and start living out what you believe. So he says, let us hold firmly to what we believe. He said, look, this high priest of ours understands. Somebody say understand. Man, he understands you, Cliff. Adrian, he say, he under, he stand you. And he understand your weaknesses. Because he know that you just frail flesh. And every now and then you got some weaknesses. And he under, he can put himself in your place and understand what you're going through. You got somebody that know where you are, what you're going through, and what you need to get out of what you're going through. You got somebody who under, your weaknesses. He know at times life is going to deal you something. He know at times flesh going to win a battle every night. He know. He understand that. He went through that. 
And the only difference is that he didn't do what we do. Y'all ain't got y'all got real quiet right there. <laughs> y'all don't know why the truth makes folks shut up. I don't know why the truth. I just say it because he gonna say that. This high priest of our understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testing we do. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 In spite of all the stuff you done faced, Charlie. Yeah. In spite of all the stuff you done faced, Brother Wilson, yeah. He faced him too, but yeah. He was tempted too. Yeah. He was hungry too. You know, he got tired too. Yeah. He cried every now and then too. He sorrowed every now and then. You know that devil even took him up to the top of the pinnacle there, Major, and offered him all the kingdom and just gave him one stipulation. Just bow down and worship me and I'll give you everything that you see. See, some of us would have bowed down because what we saw would have been so tempting that we could not have resisted what they was offering. But that's why he said he understand, Cliff. Because he was right there. But yet. I hope this is making sense to somebody. He said, now look. For he faced all the same. Somebody say the same. The same testings we do. Yet he did not. That's the only difference. We sin, he didn't. And because he didn't, we rely on him for grace. And because he's already given us this place of privilege, guess what we're supposed to do when we sin? So let us come where? To the throne of? There you will receive his mercy and you will find grace. Somebody say to help you. To help you when you need it most. Look at that. That's a good deal. At one time, you didn't have access to God. Now that you have access so that when you mess up, you ain't got to crawl back. You can come boldly back and say, God, y'all know your grace is still available. I want to come back and say, I'm sorry because I am in need of your And the good thing about that, church, you got to learn how to do that for your for yourself. You can't rely on the staff reading your text. I hope we get to it in the midst of the day. I hope we even pick up the phone because sometimes it will ring and it got an answer machine on it. But when it comes to you needing to get in the presence of God, you better go boldly when you can't find Bolden, when you can't find Latham, when you can't find Adrian, when you can't find Kim Wonder. You better go and find what you need from the one who can. Yes, we want to be there. Yes, we're going to answer your phone. Yes, we're going to be. That's what we're here for. But look here, we're not taking his.
his place. We're not saying you got to come to me in order to get to him because if that was the case, I might well be the high priest again. And y'all have to wait on me to get my stuff together before I can get you. That ain't a good deal. Amen. So look here, y'all read this again. And y'all hear me say this every time we have prayer. We say, hey, come before the throne of grace. When the Lord placed on your heart that you need to carry something to him, you need to go boldly. Because you're not going to someone who you think is going to beat you down again. He's not going to do that. Because if he did that, it would negate sending Jesus. Why send Jesus and let him die when I'm going to just beat Cliff down? All Cliff got to do is come. He's already been given that mission to the place of privilege and high honor. He just needs to know what he got and come when, you, when your kids really find out who you are, some of you who got it like that, and even if you ain't got much, you know, you got something, something they know you got, and they get to the point, they understand who they are in you, and because of you, they gonna come. They ain't gonna come tippy-toeing. I want a car. Mary <laughs> got a car. I want a... I'm gonna come boldly because I want a... I'm in the need of a, and I know you can meet my. God can meet your need. You just need to come. Give Lord some praise right there. Amen. 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 Last turn, last turn, last turn. Just want to close by reinforcing this truth that Jesus was manifested. You know, he was manifested. He personified to make God's grace visible to us and God's love visible to us. And so by doing that, we go back to the foundation of truth that salvation has been revealed to all mankind. Look at this. I'm in uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. I'll finish. He says, for the grace of God has been revealed. Well, now when you're studying, you know there that that is telling you that Jesus has already been revealed. Because Jesus is God's grace personified. So he says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to who? All people. Not some people, but all people. And look what we're instructed to do after we come in contact with this grace. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. But just in case that take you a little while to turn from that, you better call on grace because you can still come boldly through the throne of grace but he has instructed us to turn from some things godless living and sinful pleasures now look at this we should live in this evil world now he didn't say Cliff he was going to take us out of this evil world once we understand grace has been revealed, because if that was the case, we would have went back with Jesus. We'd be gone. But he saved us and left us in this evil world, and now he expects us to live with wisdom. 
in this evil world. He expects us to make wise and prudent decisions in this evil world. This evil world needs to see how you deliberate and make decisions. And when they see that, they'll know who's behind your decision making. He says, now look, he, he left us in this evil world and he wants us to live with wisdom and righteousness. Well, we've been made right already. Now he just expects us to live what we are. You've been made right. So now he expecting you to live what you are. If you are righteous, just live. That's all the people saying, I just, I'm just going to live. Okay, just live. You've been made righteous, so you just live. You ain't got to try to figure this out. Just When somebody see you, just tell them, I'm just. And because of who you're living for, it ought to be. Look at this. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and somebody say devotion. Devotion to God. God expects you to be loyal and enthusiastic about what you do for him. Amen. Somebody say amen again. So he gave us three things that we got to do now that we have accepted this grace that is free to us. We got to live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to him. And you do this, verse 13, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed again. Talking about now when he comes. So now we are supposed to live with the expectation that one day Jesus is coming back. Whether he comes back in our lifetime or not is not important. But we live every day now as if we are expecting him to come back in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That's why he told his disciples that they need to watch and pray and be ready. He didn't tell them a day or a time that he was coming. He just said, y'all job is just to watch and pray. That's enough to keep us in the right place to be at the, at the right time when he come back because we already have this ex. The problem is most of the time we don't live with that. If we don't live expecting him to come back, then we will live like we don't think he is. If we really thought he was coming back, I think we will rethink some things that we do because we think we got time. So I just want to leave you with this. Live with expectation. Live every day with the expectation that Jesus could come back before the end of this day. And if he should, you want to live like you are ready for him to come back. So whether he, if he came back at the 6 o'clock hour in the morning, the noon hour, the 3 o'clock hour, or the 6 o'clock at night, or midnight, will you be You know, that's the one thing about him that I think that he kind of kept us in suspense on. He just didn't tell us. 
And you know what? Because he didn't tell us, folk have been trying to figure it out. And I'm not here to encourage you to try to figure out nothing. I'm in here to encourage you to live and expect. Let him determine when he's coming back. You just determine how you're going to live until he get here. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him some praise. Stand on your feet and let's go out with a hand clap of praise on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We thank you for your joy. We thank you for the privilege to stand in the place of highest honor before you, God. We thank you for being able to come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of trouble or need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. My first appeal is for salvation. If you're here and you've not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we've tried to make it perfectly clear. It's a gift. And it's up to you, whether you're in the house or online, to accept the gift. He's not going to force the gift on you. It's just a gift. But the beauty of it is, is that if you accept it, he will not withhold it. The price has already been paid for you. He's waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. So if that is you, if you're online today, or if you're in the house, if you're online, just send us an iMessage or instant message notification to let us know, and we'll definitely get in touch with you. If you're in the house, I just ask that you would raise your hand. Say, yes, I want to give my life to the Lord today. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior because I truly believe that everybody needs to know who Jesus is. I understand what he did for me. I understand that by faith and through his grace, I got a gift that I didn't have to work for. And I'm here to receive what has already been gifted me. And if that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. My second appeal is for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidence of speaking other tongues. This has nothing to do with your salvation as far as your beliefs is concerned. But two, it is a gift. And we believe that if it's your desire to receive this gift, that God would not withhold it from you. So we're going to encourage you to come with us and we'll go to a room, share some literature with you, touch and agree with you and pray for you and believe that through the power of prayer and your faith, God will bless you if you desire this gift. So if that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand and say, yes, I want to receive this gift. I want to know more. Please raise your hand. See no hands. My third appeal is this. This is for church membership. If you're here and the Lord is speaking to your heart and he's saying that striving for perfection ministry is the place for you. We want to extend the invitation to you to be a part of this body, part of this family. So if that is you, if you're online, again, send us an instant message to let us know. If you're in the house, we just ask that you please raise your hand. We want to acknowledge you. We want to receive you into this body. If that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Hallelujah. 
Then our final appeal is for that time when we can come boldly to the throne of grace. If you're standing here today or you're online and you know that you need to come boldly in your time of trouble or time of need, I invite you to come. We have leaders standing around the wall. If you want to touch and agree and pray with one of them, if you want to come, stand or kneel and pray here at the altar. However the Lord is leading you, I invite you to come. Please come. Please come. Prayer is an awesome privilege that we have been given. We can cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. And he invites us. It's an open invitation to come boldly before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. 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 You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be afraid. Hallelujah. You may want to come and intercede for someone. Hallelujah. 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 Prayer is something that we can do for anybody, any place in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God for giving us access to a holy God. Hallelujah. Giving us access to himself through Jesus. What a wonderful privilege it is to be able to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever your heart's cares are, you may want to pray for someone to believe that your body can be healed. Your mind can be put in a place of stability, soundness, whatever it is. You may want to come and just to intercede on behalf of your children, family members. Hallelujah. 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 Don't allow the privilege that you have to go unused to benefit somebody else. You got a privilege that everybody don't have. But use it to his glory and to their benefit. So even if you're standing at your seat right now, if you, your concerns have already been met, I just ask that you focus on someone else for this moment in time. Ask the Lord to just bring somebody to your heart or to your mind. Get a mental picture of them in your mind. And then you pray to God boldly your own way on behalf of that person. Exercise the authority that God has been given and God has given you. Because the Bible is clear that the prayers of the righteous avails much. Your prayers can avail in someone's life, someone's situation, someone's distress. Your prayers. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we honor you and we give you thanks again. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your message of grace, God, to let us know that 
Our sins have been forgiven. Our records have been expunged. And God, we have access to a holy God. We can come boldly to you on behalf of ourselves or on behalf of others. We can come boldly to you. And God, let us not neglect to take advantage of this place of privilege that we stand in, believing that we have access to the almighty God. We have access to his throne. And whatever we need, we can find there. God, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in the life of your people. You know their hearts, you know their minds, you know their concerns. And I pray that you will meet them where they are. But above all, God, I pray that you will meet their every need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We ask these things in the matchless and powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the church say amen. amen. Say amen again. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise, if you will. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.